Okay, microphone's working. Camino day one, well, Camino de Santiago day one. Yeah. In St. John Peter Port, after sleeping incredibly badly because of our loud screaming neighbor all night, um, we're ready to go. Yeah, it's like just, the sun is like just starting to rise, is it not above the mountains yet, but you can see like a nice like pink hue to it, or maybe pink because of my glasses, a blue hue, sorry. Yeah, I think that's your glasses. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then we're about to walk up the main road and then over the Pyrenees. So it's ranked difficulty three out of three. So let's see how we go. Yes, we've been told it may take quite some time to get over this mountain. And the woman at the passport office was shocked and dismayed that we were heading the whole way in one day. So let's see if we're shocked and dismayed by the time we arrive. Yeah. All Sounds right. good. Let's See you on the other side. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Is This The Way? A podcast where we walk the Camino de Santiago, the famous 800-kilometre hike across Spain. I'm Francesca. And I'm Gavin. And today we are day one. We are walking the Camino. We are setting off. And we're walking from St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port to Francis Valles, and I hesitate because we still don't know how that's actually pronounced. <laughs> no, but we're going to stick with that and be consistent at least. Yes, and in French it's Roncevaux, which is much, much easier, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Please feel free to let us know the correct pronunciation. Yes, please correct us. I'm sure there's a Spanish double L, Y type thing in there, so I apologise as we constantly bastardize the language. <laughs> yes, and insult all the Spanish people who understand how to actually pronounce these things. Yeah, sorry about that. So each day as we walked the Camino de Santiago, we recorded briefly in the morning what we expected for the day and where we were going. And then we sat down at the end of the day and recorded our thoughts for the day, things we talked about or thought about or saw along the way. Uh, anything interesting that we thought was worth noting or chatting about. Now we're sitting down six months later and recording all the in-between bits that make this into a podcast, hopefully. Yeah, so hopefully we provide a little bit of information and context for you. But yeah, you heard us before, about to set off, so we recorded that the morning of the walk, and then after this we'll, you'll get to hear how our day went, <laughs> how day one went. So, day one, as you said from our previous episode, you've arrived in Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, you've gone to the pilgrim's office, you're kind of excited and ready to go. And then you get up very early and then you start your journey. So one of the things that I really like about the Camino is that you pass through all these different autonomous regions across Spain. I think we passed through about five or six, but we'll confirm over the course of this podcast. On day one, we cross from France into Spain at about the 20 kilometer mark. Unfortunately, there's not really anything that actually indicates that you've passed over. And we enter into Navarra, which is the first of our autonomous regions. It's particularly known for being linked to Basque, the Basque um, culture. So to quote the guidebook, you cross the Pyrenees from France to Spain, taking in breathtaking mountain scenery to arrive at a cosy medieval hamlet at the end of the day. And I think that just understates what a beautiful mountain scenery it really is. It's spectacular. <laughs> yeah, the views are spectacular. It's lovely. When we went, it was very lush and green. Quite a lot of sheep along the way in various fields. Uh, and a lot of uphill. <laughs> and a lot of uphill hiking. And then a lot of downhill. <laughs> and then a, oh, a little bit of very steep downhill, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is a pretty tough day. So our guidebook has a difficulty scale of one to three. And it rated this as a three out of three. 
So there's only a couple of days in the whole hike that it actually rates as a difficulty of three, and they're normally because of extreme temperature or lack of stops or extreme distance along the way. I think this is probably because of the extreme climb. So what difficulty rating would you give it? Um, I think we should probably rate it out of 10 because a scale of three doesn't give you a whole lot of leeway. So I think because it's the first day and you're probably not, you haven't really like broken yourself into walking yet. Uh, and because there's just so much uphill from basically about the second kilometer, I think, because you get out of St. John and immediately just start going uphill. So I'd probably put it at like an eight, I think. Yeah, I definitely think it was one of the hardest days of the Camino. And it's probably quite brutal that it's the first day, but I think it kind of, don't worry, like the first day it was quite difficult and then it gets a bit easier from there. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple of nice stops though. So at uh, the Refuge de Orison at 7.7 kilometers, good lunch stop. It's up on the hillside. It's got a nice deck with big red umbrellas. You'll come around a corner and you'll see the red umbrellas out ahead of you. Breathe a sigh of relief. There's water and cold drinks and some food there and an amazing view. And a bathroom. <laughs> and a bathroom. Uh, don't expect too much from the facilities. Bring some tissues with you. You will need them. But otherwise, uh, it's a lovely place to stop. We didn't stop for very long and we probably should have stopped for longer. We thought there'd probably be a little bit more along the way, but there's not a lot other than this one stop. So definitely have a proper rest after all of the uphill. I think it becomes a bit more gradual after this rather than the really steep uphill at the beginning. Yeah, and then you arrive in um, Roncesvalles and we stayed at Hotel Roncesvalles, which was amazing. It was like, other than no air conditioning, but that's a very consistent theme across the Camino. I'd highly recommend it as a stop. Lovely courtyard to sit out in. So I think in, it's a really small town. There's basically nothing there. So I definitely say choose that as your as your stop for the night, your first stop for the night. Yeah, be warned, there's no supermarkets. There's the albergue, La Posada. There's the Hotel Roncesvalles. And I think there's a couple of small B&Bs. There's definitely, uh, I think there was a restaurant and a couple of bars slash cafes. By the time you get in in the evening, most things aside from the restaurant are probably closed. The albergue will put on Pilgrim's dinner, I'm sure. And the restaurant in the Hotel Roncesvalles where we stayed was open. And the restaurant was excellent. It does a Pilgrim's menu, but it's not the typical very low cost Pilgrim's menu. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's a really nice restaurant, like proper white tablecloth stuff. It's in like a kind of cavern type feeling. I think it's an old like abbey building or something because yeah. it's attached to the church. So yeah, it's a beautiful location. Yeah, big stone walls, uh, really nice atmosphere. Yes, a little bit more than your average pilgrim's meals, but definitely worth it at the, to celebrate the end of your first day on the Camino, I think. We really enjoyed it. Had some nice wine from the region. They had desserts typical to the region with the Basque cheesecake. I think it was Navarre and wine that we had. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was definitely a pleasant way to kind of like cap off the day because you just certainly wear yourself down. So that's a little bit about the route today. Let's see how it went. All right, so end of day one. Yeah, it was a very punishing day. <laughs> we literally walked across the Pyrenees up and down. Yeah, I think we maybe walked into this thinking it'd be a lot easier than it actually was. Yeah, being no. like a little like blasé and like not really thinking about it that much. Yeah, it's quite funny because we were making fun of people at the pilgrims' office yesterday for being wholly unprepared, <laughs> and I think we've got a bit of a taste of. But we were much more prepared because we actually had somewhere to stay last night. <laughs> yeah, no, we we thought we were prepared, but I think certainly how phys the physical difficulty of today was quite immense and definitely unexpected. But we made it. I mean, we're sitting outside our hotel. <laughs> in like the courtyard. It's right by the church, so we might get to hear the bells at some point. 
Yeah, in the shade with a beer and a Coke. Yeah. Well, how's the Australia Galicia? You said it tasted like Australian beer. It does taste similar to Australian beer. So to decide who did it first, was it the Spanish or was it the Australians? It's clearly the Australians as the older and more developed society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no offence to the Spanish. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably would have killed for this mid-afternoon. Mm. It was a very, very long day. Yeah, so... It was, what, 1,400 metres of ascent yep. over 25 kilometres? Yeah, it took us seven hours. Well, it took seven hours in total. But okay, including stops. Yeah, but it took us about five and a half hours walking. Okay. Because um, Runkeeper paused when we stopped, so okay. we actually just have our walking time at about five and a half hours. So not too bad. Like the day started, I mean, it quite started well, so we, what time did we get up? Um, six? Six-ish. But then we, what, you walk through this like quite famous gate and then cross the bridge, a bridge to like, I guess to kind of start your pilgrimage and it has the shell in the paved stones and that was like five to seven that we walked through there um, so okay. that's when we started and then it, the elevation gets quite extreme <laughs> yeah and then you walk up <laughs> yeah non-stop up <laughs> so like this seven kilometer at least ascent and i mean one of the big things of today i, I was thinking about is like physical fitness <laughs> yeah then after the seven kilometers we did like another 13, 14 kilometers of ascent, yeah. <laughs> but very slightly less steep. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, that but was... the same amount of uh, increase. Yeah. So I think the, the crazy thing was like seven kilometers really steep, 13 or so kilometers of like it, gentler incline, but still quite steep. And then what was it like five kilometers of steep descent? And I mean, in terms of ranking them, I found the, the final part the hardest. Um, and probably the second part, the second hardest. So bizarrely, the actual steep incline at the start was the easiest part. Yeah, I found um, the steep bit the worst, actually. But then stairs are my mortal enemy, so it's to be expected. Yeah. That starting bit, I mean, I was just like dripping with sweat. Um, I was like heart really pounding. I had to like, I had to take more rest stops than you just for like recovery. I was definitely heart pounding, but I guess I'm a little bit more stubborn or a little bit more conditioned to just push through some of those things, just from training and various other things where I'm just like, I will just keep going. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I, I actually, if I hadn't watched The Way last night, I probably would have been the same because we watched that, the was movie. it? Martin Sheen and yeah. Emilia Estevez movie last night. It's really good. I'd really recommend anyone who's going. I think we'll probably talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to his first stop on the Camino today, like we saw last night, La Posada. Yeah, exactly. So the town we're in is the town from um, from the, where he stops the first night of the way and stays in the crazy 100-bed hostel um, albergue that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, because otherwise I'd like to go in and have a look. <laughs> I enjoyed in particular how they took their time and it was a, a reminder to me that we need to enjoy the journey as much as the getting to places part. <laughs> so I think as a result I took I was like, I took it a lot more easy today when I probably would have pushed through otherwise. But hopefully it's better for my, like, health <laughs> than I, just pushing. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally took it easy, but I think I just like to stop at different places. So when I'm walking up and you can see an incline up ahead, you, up ahead of you with a little bit of a ridge, I'll always try and get to that ridge and stop there so that it's a bit easier to get started again. Yeah, whereas I was just looking for, like, a good view. So when I was like, a, and that was the, the thing. The first part, I mean, the, really, the entirety of the journey, the views are absolutely incredible. Just like literally mountains as far as the eye can see. Right, so what are th three things we did right today and three things we got wrong? 
I think we did the right thing by leaving early when it was still cool uh, and having cooler weather at the beginning. True. And getting ahead of uh, the crowds a little bit and, and getting here in the early afternoon was good. I think we did take advantage of the couple of stops along the way. I think that was good. Probably should have actually stopped for a little bit longer. Yeah, I agree. So there are a couple of really nice stops, actually. The first one was like the cafe, literally just like the refuge, overlooking, yeah. yeah, refuge. Where you can also refuge, stay. Which was at the top of that first really steep incline. So we had like an orange juice and coffee and stuff, and it was the most incredible view ever. And the second one was up at the top where you're like looking over the Pyrenees. Yeah, the small food truck. And we stopped a couple of places for snacks as well, but I think we should have probably... I think it's good that we stopped at each of the places that had like food and drinks and things available. But we probably should have stopped at that first one for a little bit longer and just relaxed a little bit more. But it felt too... felt a little bit too early because it's only like seven and a half odd kilometers in. You know, you kind of want to like break the day a little bit and like get into the second half before you stop and relax. So, yeah. you've, so you've always got like less coming up than what you've already done. True, but I guess maybe that's a mentality that we'll have to break and just like... As you say, take advantage of nice stops when you find them um, oh. and stay a bit longer. Is there anything else that we did today that was a good idea? Um, I mean, I think, and I don't want to keep coming back to it, but like the fitness levels thing, I think maybe we were a bit blasé about it, but at least we actually did quite a bit of prep before mm -hmm. we went. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we're not super unfit people. You've been doing like three months of PT. I'll run like kind of an easy 10K, between five and 10K a day. So I think that probably just gives you a lot more stamina. All done at sea level in Singapore to prepare you well for the altitude of crossing the mountains. No, I know. And I think, you know, even despite that, like it was really difficult. And I, it was a difficulty rating of three in our guidebook. Um, Which is the hardest, by the way. Yeah, it's a scale of up to three. Yeah, and I, I can totally <laughs> understand why. And it's one of probably one of my big reflections on today is like, if this is the sort of mark of the fitness level that you might need... You basically need to go right now, as in like, don't wait until you're retired because I think you're, you're just not going to, to enjoy it as much. I think you're just going to have to make a lot of changes and some of them are probably sensible changes as well. Um, like you'd stop more frequently. Um, there were actually two paths. So there's like the route through the Pyrenees and there's the route kind of down below. And people can also send their bags through ahead of time. So like someone will pick them up and take them to the next town, the next town. So I think there are like tweaks and things you can do, but that was a really, really physical day. Mm. So no, at least, at least, even though it was really tiring, I never felt like this is too much, overwhelmingly, yeah. like out of my depth. So I think that was good. So along with that, though, I think as well, like the the guidebook was saying, have a have a bag of at least thirty to forty liters, and we've got twenty four liter packs mm. with water bladders in them as well, so they have a bit less space. And would definitely worry there's not going to be enough space. You certainly make compromises in how much you bring and having to like wash things yep. already. Even the day before yeah, we yeah. started, we had to. Yep. Um, I think it was still the right decision to go with the lighter packs, yep. uh, like we've used in the past for shorter trips. Yeah. Even though it'll be a longer trip, but you're going to have to carry that every day. And my shoulders are aching after today. Mm. They may feel like quite manageable without the water. But if you're like us, and I, I highly recommend you do this, like have a, what was it like two and a half litre? Two and a half litre hydration pack. Hydration, and we drank the whole thing. Um, yeah. And that's probably With one 10 of- 10 kilometres to go. And that's one of our mistakes that we've made, <laughs> which we can come to shortly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need that in the summer because this is currently July. Um, it's like, what was it? 30, it's 34 today, I think. Yeah, 34 degrees. Like yeah. there wasn't much shade. There was towards the end, but early in the morning it was kind of all in the sun. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad though. Being used to humidity, not having humidity was really nice. It actually made it, 
it's hot, but not really unpleasant kind of thing. Yeah. But even without the humidity, it was physical. I mean, we were sweating like mad. All right, so that was probably more than three things that were good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Or things we probably did well leading up to this. What are maybe three things that we screwed up today? Yeah, I think water. <laughs> water, yeah, definitely. So we did have two and a half liters of water each in a hydration pack with a drinking hose so you can kind of sip along the way. I think it can be like really misleading how much you're drinking because you're just having a sip now, you know, a couple of mouthfuls, a mouthful kind of thing. And for me, I thought, because I've never stopped and like had a long drink out of my pack. The whole time, until it ran out, I was thinking there must be loads left because I'm just having like a little sip, a little sip as we go. And when we passed the last water station, <laughs> uh, both of us thought that we still had plenty of water because yeah. we hadn't run out yet, basically. But I guess the fact that you haven't run out doesn't mean you're not just about, about to, to run out next time to. you go for a drink yeah. in a couple of kilometers. Exactly. Pain. <laughs> so that was with pretty much 10 kilometers to go and I think we we're like oh it's 10 kilometers we'll get through that pretty easily we should have enough water it's, if we run out in that 10 probably okay yeah it wasn't okay didn't really <laughs> bank on running out immediately with like one mouthful left yeah handy hint though if you disconnect the hose from the water bladder you remove the air vacuum and you can get one more mouthful of water out of it true which is locked in the hose yeah if you're like dying which, which we were we basically were yeah, yeah. <laughs> And probably also combined with, which was like, it was like a good thing and a bad thing, but we took the wrong path um, into town. Well, at the end, we took the wrong path, but the signs were confusing. No, they were. It really wasn't very obvious. Because um, we're told, don't take the steep path through the forest, take the road, and it'll be the one to the right. And that's the regular way, not the Napoleon way, which goes over the mountain. So I know they pointed out to us at the office at the start, like, go to the right. But then the signs seem to be saying the opposite, so... Rather than taking the go to the right, we took the regular route advice and went down the really, really steep hill. <laughs> yeah, and literally, like, at the pilgrim's office yesterday, the lady was like, people get, people get lost. Like, as in, people literally injure themselves. It's yeah. really steep. Don't go there. You'll get lost in the haunted forest. Yeah, and it was. It was so steep. And particularly when, one, we, well, we'd run out of water. We were quite tired. And it was, like, all like one wrong foot and you would like twist an ankle or something so I like walked very very slowly and it was actually I was almost doing like you know when you go skiing and you try and go like slalom I was trying to do that like tried every possible way of not falling over it was really hard yeah downhill really like grind your toes into the front of your boots so it was really steep yeah it's like obviously really bad for your feet after like being like, oh, my feet are feeling quite good today, as in, like, I don't have loads of blisters. Yeah. I mean, we've, I put blister plasters on before in the morning, so at least I have prepared in advance. Okay, so... But yeah, but that was that Always was fill up crazy. the water. Don't assume that you've got some. Don't take the, the wrong path. <laughs> at the end of day one, when you come to the downhill segment into town, go to the right and yeah. take the paved road. Don't, don't go down <laughs> the really steep path through the forest. Ignore the signs otherwise. Yeah. Because it says the Camino path goes both ways. Yeah. Go to the right. <laughs> yeah, or if you do, then take two hiking poles, because one was helpful, but if you had two, then you'd feel way more comfortable. Yeah, but the other way is about a kilometre longer, but you probably would have got through it much faster, because you'd just be strolling, like the wind, basically following the, the road that winds down through the switchbacks, rather than just going straight down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be loads better. Do you have a third one? I have a third one. I have a third one. Go on, you do yours. Be really, really aware of chafing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's for day one. I have some nasty chafing. And do you want to explain where you're chafing? Do you want to tell them where your chafing is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was wearing compression pants, which I usually use for running, which are great. And they don't chafe very much, but today they must have got like slightly out of place because it was a long day and it was sweaty and, and very hot. But yes, my, my very upper inner thigh on one side <laughs> is very chafed, and my butt is chafed. <laughs> which but is when not you I, say which your is, butt, is, it's between your butt cheeks, it's right? It's between my butt cheeks, because, you know, they're compression pants, so they're like compressing everything together. And it, it was fine in the morning, but the problem is when you, the problem with these things is you take them you, when you need to stop for a break, and you have to peel off these compression pants. They're really hard to get back on again, yeah. and to get everything back in the right place, <laughs> particularly for men. Yeah. Uh, so it was only upon like arriving at the hotel and stepping into the shower that I had to scream a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you've put some like um, pseudocrem, like pseudocrem stuff, which should help. Yeah. But... So definitely bring something to put on chafing and blisters. Yeah. Um, try and try out your clothes as much as you can beforehand in a similar environment. Because I've worn the same things before um, on long walks of 25 plus kilometers. Mm. And I wear them running routinely in a really hot climate where I look like I've had a shower by the time I get back and not had any issue. But I guess just like the long, the uphill and the different motions. And the one thing I don't have, haven't ever had to do on our other walk, practice walks was take them off partway through the day. Oh, no worries. Thank you. I some croquettes for us. Okay. Good. Yes, I've never had to take them off and put them back on again, like in the middle of a really long day. So it's something to be aware of to make sure everything's sitting in the right places mm. and have things to treat chafing because it will happen. Yeah, so I think that's definitely a big one. I mean, I think the minor one is just have like something in your bag that you can Are you eat. saying that my chafing is minor? No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying yours is the major one. Mine is the minor one, which is like have something in your bag that you can snack on. So yeah, that's true. Um, we've both brought like a bag of sweets, like the Australian snakes or whatever. Natural confectionery company snakes. Yeah, and... We like, needed things with much more artificial colours and flavours in them. <laughs> yeah, it's just really helpful to have something. And particularly because, well, we technically have an apart apartment in the block that we're staying in. Um, and we were like, oh, where's the nearest shops? And there's no shops in this town. So I guess it's just being aware that like... Self-catering can be a challenge sometimes yeah. in these small villages. Exactly. But it does have a really nice restaurant though. Yeah. And a really nice outside area to sit and have a drink in the afternoon. No, exactly. This place is great, so it's fine. Um, it's, as in, it's fine that, that we couldn't get um, any food. Um, right. And now we have croquettes, so we should wrap up. So, yeah, I think that was that's kind of everything so far. I was upset that we couldn't find Emilio Estevez's grave from The Way, <laughs> which is spoilers for The Way. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But you'll figure out those spoilers within a couple of minutes anyway. Yeah, exactly. very, very early spoilers. But yeah, I think that's that kind of sums up today. I'm just going to have... I guess another drink or two and then heading to Zubiri tomorrow, um, which is another like 20, 22 kilometers or so. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll talk about that journey more then. Yeah, we'll see if my legs fall off before tomorrow. How do your aches rank? My shoulders ache. They're probably like an eight out of 10. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, down the middle of, down the inside of my shoulder blades, down my back from the pack. Yeah. So they're okay when I'm just sitting, but if I move in certain directions with my shoulders, like to, to go up from lying down to push yourself up really really sore okay other than that i have some sore and you're cha chafing <laughs> yeah yeah the chafing is sore in a different and special way oh, dear. <laughs> uh, but otherwise my legs are okay they're tired my, my feet feel a little bit a little bit like worn out <laughs> yeah but otherwise i feel okay today it'll be interesting to see how we feel tomorrow yeah. how about you 
I basically have no aches at the moment. So let's see if that's like an overnight thing where I wake up and can't move in the morning. I don't think I want to talk to you anymore about this. <laughs> I'm surprised. No chasing, was, no aches, was, no blisters. I was pretty, I mean, yeah, I, I was expecting to basically be way, way like feeling terrible, but actually I feel fine. But let's see how we feel tomorrow. All right, cool. well, let's have our croquettes then. All right, that's All right. it for day buenas, one. Buenas noches. <laughs> Good night. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed Is This The Way? and have taken away some inspiration and ideas about how you might approach the Camino. If you'd like to get in touch or find some more information about each episode, head over to our website, isthistheway.net. Buon Camino!